social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Fall is the perfect time to get your lawn the best it can be. Folks, call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. Lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. Fall is the perfect time where they will treat your lawn. Top quality lawn care company for Rhode Island. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. And this is the best time to have it treated. Call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401 401- 392-1025 or online at lawndoctor.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. We have made it to Friday. It's Friday, October 22nd. Let's go to uh, last night, President Biden, part of a town hall meeting on CNN with Anderson Cooper. One of the things he was asked, what about, what about going to the border? There's a catastrophe, disaster uh crisis situation at the border the president of the united states still has not really visited the border he's asked what about the fact mr president you know, uh, why not go into the border plans to visit the southern border uh, i've been there before and i haven't i mean i know it well i guess i should go down but the but, but the whole point of it is i haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down i've been spending time going around looking at the 900 billion dollars worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods and and weather and tra- and traveling around the world, but uh, I plan on now. My wife Jill has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances there. She's looked into those places. You notice you're not seeing a lot of pictures of kids lying on top of one another with uh, you know with 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 with, blank, with uh, um, you know. Uh, you know what's amazing, folks, is um, hold on. You know what's amazing is we we I have to admit we we have now started to just accept that he, you know, misnames things, uh, meanders, um, can't keep his train of thought. It, it's now accepted. I mean, I'll give him that much. Now, last night, CNN town hall meeting, President Biden, presidential town hall about police officers first responders what is your thought what should happen to them that don't go along with the vaccine mandate in three emergency responders in some cities like chicago los angeles right here in baltimore are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates i'm wondering where you stand on that should police officers emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines and if not should they be stay at home or let go yes and yes you know, there you have it. There's the president of the United States saying he wants them out of their job. Now, here's also, that again, this was done in Baltimore. President Biden says he sees the mayor of Baltimore in the audience, Brandon Scott. Actually, it's a congressman uh, whose district was, was never mayor of Baltimore. Instead, he points to the wrong person who is actually not the mayor of Baltimore. By the way, there's two famous guys in this audience here. I just noticed. Ben Cardin and Chris Van Hollen and the mayor. Holy mackerel. Actually, he wasn't. Now, again, they don't correct him on that. Uh, Again, this was last night, CNN, Anderson Cooper, presidential town hall. Here's where Biden refused to defend Thomas Jefferson, saying it's up, you know, to the locals if you want to tear down. A Thomas Jefferson statue. Let's hear what it sounds like. He is removing a statue of Thomas Jefferson from its legislative chamber because of Jefferson's history as a slave uh, slaveholder. Um, do you support that decision? Well, I think that's up to the locality to decide what they want to do on that. You know, it, it wouldn't have hurt him to just say, well, well, wait a minute. Right? I mean, that that was allowed at the time. You can't just start to punish everything, folks, that were, was acceptable at the time. Here's President Biden on the vaccine mandate. The two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on, freedom. You know, the um, inflation is terrible. Uh, All you have to do is look to the West Coast, the amount of container ships 
the supply chain situation that is a disaster. Uh, this is not going to be solved by the Christmas season. And then there's, there's other parts of this that, that go into it. Uh, they need thousands of, uh, of, of truck drivers and so forth. But, see, the unions are controlling everything on that port, and they won't allow just temporary workers. You have to be union workers, and that all comes into play. Uh, you know, locally, there's just a wash in money. Uh, literally, I mean, I, I don't remember ever a time where at the state house they're just trying to decide how we're going to spend uh, over one billion dollars. So, but folks, it's it's all false, right? All you're doing is um, you're creating an atmosphere where people won't go back to work, and we certainly don't have goods and services. All right, a lot more ahead on this Friday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. M E G A five zero eight three three six. 2110-508-336-2110 for MEGA truck and trailer repair, whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You need it fixed. You need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer... They can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, he is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off this case that is in motion. It has not gotten a lot of media play as of yet. I have spoken with the attorney. Some information is coming out, but it has to do with locally, some parents with the plaintiffs. They have challenged the whole mask mandate for schools. It's being argued on the science. Um, from what I understand, it was very dramatic testimony with Dr. McDonald from the Rhode Island Department of Health who was on the stand. So I'm just curious if we could start off what you've heard about this. Uh, we talked about it briefly last week, John. This is a great case. I'm not sure if the uh, plaintiffs will be successful, but we've been talking, you and I, for a long time that we need to get a case before a judge on the science, um, not on any of these you know, other theories um, for not complying um, the grounds that have been tried thus far in federal court by other attorneys and somewhat in state court um, have not been successful. And um, in those previous cases, the judges were not satisfied that um, the mask requirements should not remain in effect. The case right now that's being heard, it's a group of parents, they hired counsel, and they're seeking a restraining order or an injunction if they get that far on the um, mask mandate for kids in school. There's been a lot of testimony about the science and whether or not this mask mandate um, has a scientific correlation to keeping kids safer in the schools. And a lot of what's gone on is, you know, even even today when the governor said he's extending the emergency because he's looking at data points. Oh, it's the data points that we have to look at. Okay, let's look at data points. Uh, one of the things that came out through uh, the witness McDonald that you mentioned is he was pressed by plaintiff's counsel. Um, and the, ex the, 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 the point is McDonald previously on the stand had said, you know, we had three children that died because of COVID, because of COVID. And he had to take that back and retract. Um, recall about a week ago when we spoke about this case, John, um, 
plaintiff's counsel had put one of the health department people on the stand and said, well, we're showing for the last reporting period, zero deaths for children under the age of, I think, five. Uh, the attorney general's representative pops up and objects, saying, no, no, if it's under five, it's reported as a zero. We think it's three. So today they said, oh, let's examine those three. Um, in each case, the, the children that unfortunately passed away had significant other comorbidities or uh, medical conditions which made um, it likely that they were going to pass away, if that's a fair way to say it. Now, what McDonald had to acknowledge today is that if anyone has COVID, if they test positive for COVID, it's written up as a COVID death. Right. So the example was um, asked by counsel. So if a 16-year-old kid um, is out there and gets into a, a scuffle and gets shot in the head, doesn't die at the scene, is brought into the hospital with what will be ultimately a fatal head um, wound to the, to the head by gunshot. And he gets to the ER and he dies on the table and they do some blood work and they find that, he, Oh, look at that. He was positive for COVID. It's not written up as a gunshot death. It's written up as a COVID death because the uh, CDC mandate says that if you have, if you test positive for COVID, it's got to be written up as a COVID death, which is preposterous, but that's the rule. And he, the witness had to acknowledge, yes, if, if somebody comes in with a fatal gunshot wound to the head and they're positive for COVID, even if they're asymptomatic, it's got to be, it has to be written up as COVID death, mm. which, which throws, John, all of these data points yeah. into question. Yep. Because we've known since the get-go that um, the CDC and the federal government have been juicing the statistics to try to get as many COVID deaths reported as possible. Right. I mean, John, I know anecdotally a family friend, stage four cancer, they were going to die. They were doomed. Mm. It, was, it was just a question of days. They wanted to die at home. Ultimately, they had to go into the hospital because the family couldn't handle things. The person died in the hospital. Apparently, they were tested positive for COVID. Bingo, it's a COVID death. Wow. And, and that's not really the cause of death. It's because they had terminal stage four cancer. But that's not how it gets written up. Now, right. these are anecdotal cases, but multiply that by deaths all over the country. Yep. Um, there's no statistics that are being kept. There's no um, way to discern if a COVID death is really from COVID, like many people are, and I'm not discounting that that happens. But there's a lot of people who happen to have COVID, maybe asymptomatic, and die because of things like cancer or gunshot wounds or suicides, any number of things. And they, well, bingo, it's COVID. Oh. I, I don't know what will happen with this case. I don't know what Judge Lamphere will do with the scientific testimony that's put on by both sides, but I think it's a wonderful chance to explore the science. Uh, John, my understanding is that uh, the evidence is closed. The witnesses have all been put up and examined. Now counsel for both sides are submitting memorandum of law and the judge is going to hear oral arguments on November 3rd. I know you've talked about it on your air. Hopefully other media outlets will pick up on this because I think it's a significant story, which has gotten really no um, reporting out there, which um, raises a whole other set of questions. It does. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. It is a challenge trying to run your business today, especially if you spend most of your time trying to find the right workers. Instead, let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Right now, are you spending a good amount of your time trying to find the right workers for your business, your company? Call MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals today, 508-336-7801. If you need workers, drivers, certified help, 
part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, which is aka sleep-at-home drivers. Maybe it is drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals. Even in the healthcare business, you can depend on MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. How much time are you spending trying to find the right workers for your business? Let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them right now, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you've heard me talk about, first we started with September. I think the entire fall actually uh, should be suicide awareness, suicide prevention if possible. And the person you've heard me speaking with, we've got such great feedback about it, is first of all, the website is mantherapy.org, mantherapy.org. Joining us once again is our friend, Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, it is uh, so important. I want to just start off uh, kind of, to me, the elephant in the room. Listen, there's there's far more popular topics to talk about. I'd rather talk to you about the Patriots or how beautiful the fall weather is. But uh, suicide awareness, as you've, I, I've heard you even say that the workshop that people could be part of, it, it's similar to like learning CPR, could probably save more lives than CPR. It's one of those things that can no longer be a topic that people no longer discuss uh, there are people out there that feel desperate, that are at the end of their rope. And the good news is there's warning signs for different individuals that they can spot and potentially in, save someone's life. That's right, John. Uh, anyone can learn this. Uh, it's called QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And as I said before, it is more effective than CPR in saving lives. Um it basically teaches anyone how to recognize the sign that someone may be thinking of suicide and ask them directly the question, are you thinking of suicide or thinking of taking your life? And then for trying to persuade them to let you help them get some help as a friend or a relative, a neighbor, co-worker, not a professional, but just as somebody who cares. And then refer them appropriately uh, to the, uh, the, the best place for them. Not everybody needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs a 911 call. So we need to figure out how we can refer appropriately to get help that people need. Dr. Rob, um, if you would be uh, so kind as to explain, how can people sign up for the workshop? How far in advance? Uh, what's been the reception so far that of people that have uh, taken part in your workshop? Well, the first part of the question, uh, the best way to find out uh, the registration link for the, I do it on Zoom, the first uh, and third Tuesday of every month for the community. It's free, obviously. Um, but I, the best way to get that link is to go to healthybodieshealthyminds.org, and you can register for whatever day uh, works for you. It's usually between 6 and 7.30. It's just an hour-and-a-half training. It is an evidence-based training, and at the end, you're certified as a uh, suicide prevention gatekeeper for three years. Uh, this is a great training. It really does uh, help a lot of people. So if you go to that website, healthybodieshealthyminds.org, you can uh, register for any of the trainings that, that are done. Um, the feedback has generally been very positive. Last spring, I, I presented the, the class to some teachers at Charo, and I got an email back from one of the teachers who said, you know, I took this course thinking this is going to be a complete waste of time because I teach kindergarten, I don't need to know this stuff, but I want the credit, so I'll go ahead and do it. And I found that I was 100% wrong. It is a very, very useful class for anybody to take. I found it extremely helpful, and I'm just encouraging everybody to take the class. So that, that's the kind of feedback we get. And I want the listeners to know, I, I plan to take this, uh, obviously because of my occupation, I come in contact with all different types of people, and as I've shared with Dr. Rob, folks, and, and I've talked about it on the air, but uh, just this past spring, there was someone that I knew, had known for quite some time, um, and then he just found himself in a place that he could not climb out of. And I, I, I wish that I had been had taken that type of workshop. And I, I don't know if it would have changed, but I could have changed the dynamic. But um, but it's terrible when it happens to someone that you know, and then you think that maybe maybe they're... And in this particular case, there were some warning signs. Now, folks, this also, we're speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, something that people can do instantly, and that is 
I love this 20-point head checkup, mentherapy.org. Folks, there has been, and again, I recognize this is a topic a lot of people don't want to talk about, but I have found, Dr. Rob, everywhere I'm going, people are secretly kind of asking me about it. But there is an epidemic of, right now, men. And it's it's men over the age of 50 that, for whatever reason, have found themselves in a in a place where they... Uh, they, they don't see a way out and they, they take the most drastic action possible. And, and this is something that people can either do for themselves or maybe share with their, with their husband or a brother, or just even send the link to a coworker, someone they're a little concerned about. Um, again, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to broach, but at the same time, you could be saving someone's life. Absolutely. Uh, if you go to mantherapy.org. In the first place, it's, it's very, uh, very funny. It's a very humorous approach to try to engage middle-aged men uh, to con- consider what their mental health is uh, is like, and also to see what other people have done to get uh, to get help. Um, it, the twenty-point head inspection helps a guy figure out: Am I just being really stressed, or am I really dealing with anxiety or depression or some other kind of mental health problem? Um, it also gives you tons of resources. Gives you videos of other people who've struggled and, and have, have found help. Uh, so it's just a, a great website, just mantherapy.org. Anybody can do it. Uh, the other nice thing about it is there's no stigma associated. Nobody's seen you go to a physician's office or, or to a therapist or anything like that. Um, not that those things are bad, but a lot of men uh, have that stigma and don't want anyone to know that what they're doing. So this is a way that nobody else has to know what you're doing but it's a great resource for for anyone who's struggling. Folks, again, the website is mantherapy.org. MEGA Logistics, M-E-G-A. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300, MEGA Logistics. Everything you need to run your business efficiently, whether you have freight, freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, supply chain management, routing, or maybe it's bill auditing, customer developing, a proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let MEGA Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 2300 serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Again, if you have freight, freight, goods, warehousing, transportation, third party brokerage, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300 for MEGA Logistics. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website petro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. There's Dan McGowan. And Dan, I want to start off. The Boston Globe has full coverage. Everyone's, uh, I think, a little tired this morning. Uh, and then it's, you know, everyone's going to bounce back and get through the workday because then the next game is today uh, coming up at, at 5 o'clock. But, um, boy, that was, uh, that was a disappointing finish to what had been a very exciting Red Sox game. Yeah, difficult. I mean, talk about like the 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 uh, all the challenges of baseball wrapped into one. Right, we're all excited to watch the Red Sox, and then the game, you know, in regulation, right? It's not there. And they get to the ninth inning, and I think it was a little bit of a challenge there. And you're right, coming back today, I think they play at five today. So yes. uh, I think every everybody's a little uh, overtired for sure. I know I. The cool thing, you know, this is one of the, the, you know this, John, but one of the cool things about working at the Globe is, you know, of course, our owners also own the Red Sox, but our, you know, the coverage of the the Red Sox, the Globe has actually been the Bible for years for, for, yes. for you know, all Boston sports coverage. And it's so much fun to work with an organization that, you know, puts so much resources into covering, particularly, you know, the, the when it gets to the playoffs and, colleague and, and columnist uh, uh, very controversial has a lot recently in writing about the Red Sox right? so ever, after every game 
Um, so it's been really just, you know, personally very fun to, to happen to work for a place that is so closely tied to covering the Red Sox. And, uh, and folks, what some people may not realize, Dan McGowan is, he's a baseball coach. You're obviously yep. a baseball fan. This, you know, what I kind of find uh, nice is, I, you know, to be honest, I, I really didn't watch one full game all season, but it's like everybody suddenly just came together in the playoffs and this exciting team. And I can't even imagine this like series if Fenway was not packed with fans. So I think, I think it's just been this unexpected gift of the fall that suddenly it, it just feels so normal again, watching it. It, I'm so glad you point that out because you're, you're so right. I was thinking about this in uh, after I think it was was it game three, uh, you know after the, the the Kyle Schwarber grand slam, and you know of course it's a great moment. So the play, Fenway was electric, but you know you you're I was watching it just on television, and it was you know just jumping off the screen at how loud the place was and how just pumped everybody was. Um, and you're 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 exactly right. You know you don't. I'm nostalgic. I love baseball. As you, as you mentioned, I coach it and, and care about it a lot. You know, I recognize I'm the first one to say, you, you, you know, how many games did I watch all year, a nine inning game? Very rarely, right? It's long. It's a long season. Uh, the game I think is, is probably too long. Uh, you know, I know they've tried to address it and all, but then you, you, you know, you watch the playoffs and, you stay up all night last night, essentially, you know, watching it too. And even in a loss, the, it just, it feels so right <laughs> that, that, you know, baseball is in a, is in a good place and the Red Sox are there. Uh, I think there are probably a lot of sports fans all around the country who would say that we're very entitled fans, of course. Uh, but you, you're right. You know, you, you especially you, you connect it to kind of everything that, that we've gone through through the pandemic, like the, you know, it wasn't that long ago, only a couple of months, you know, we're, we're hearing cases spiking and things are going really bad. And, oh, my God, are we going to have, you know, we're going to have to close down things again. And to see Fenway kind of rocking, uh, it, it is a, that maybe better things are, are, are coming. It is, Dan McGowan. It's also a nice break from, you know, just all the divisiveness from, you know, Trump in office and then uh, fighting with people with the yeah. masks and the mandates and just for a couple hours, everyone kind of coming together, you know, that, you know, th- there's, there's no element of the us versus them type attitude. It's, it's everybody united at Fenway. It just, yeah. God, it's a really incredible, the escape, uh, it, powerful it, feeling of escapism that sports brings. And that's, that's what I think it's brought over the past 10 days. It also helps the, uh, to have a really strong, uh, and the Patriots face this too, Texas as sort of our New England enemy is great, right? Yeah. Cowboys on Sunday night, uh, no, it didn't go the Patriots way. And then, you know, Houston's a controversial team in, in baseball. And so, it, 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 you know, it's not the Yankees, but it is, it's kind of fun to be able to, I think you're right, it actually sort of brings people together. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, where you stand politically or on masks, it's like, no, we cannot let the Houston Astros make the World Series. <laughs> yes. And, and folks, the Boston Globe has, I mean, dance, Dan, but I mean, just the best coverage, every element of it. Even actually in real time, I'll, I'll check the, the website during the course of the game and covering it in real time. You know, before we move on to some of the other news of the day, but Dan McGowan, I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts as Alex Cora as a manager? I mean, talk about no strange in a controversy, but just as someone who, you know, you manage kids and, and you have to coach and uh, boy, he, he gets his team prepared to go and, and build such loyalty to him. He's um, the team obviously stuck with him because then he had to sit out the year after yeah. the, the scandal with the Astros, but he is a really impressive manager. He is. And you know what, what I love about him, one of the challenges baseball has had, and I think over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, anyone who's seen Moneyball or read the Moneyball book knows, you know, baseball is so analytics driven and it, to a point where it's hard, you know, like when we were kids, you know, the, the RBI leader was a really big deal. And now you realize, oh, you know, people don't even look that hard at RBIs or, or batting average, things like that. And that has trickled into all the front offices 
uh, you know, you read some of the coverage, read the New York Post or the New York Daily News about the Yankees and, you know, how manager Aaron Boone is basically has to make every decision uh, via, you know, what the front office wants and, and putting them in, you know, the best analytical position. And while the Red Sox are very much, you know, in, uh, in that world too, the cool thing is Al- what you see is Alex Cora understands that, you know, <laughs> what the analytics don't tell you is, you know, when your player has a sore arm and how can you, you know, get them to get through it when they're feeling, you know, bad about themselves, girlfriend broke up. I mean, literally crap like that, uh, you know, things that he, he understands that personal dynamic so, so very well. Um, and you just see it. They love him. Um, you know, he's he he's just a, he's the almost the exact opposite of Bill Belichick in a lot of ways. He's charismatic. He he's, uh, you know, and, and you see I, the players just play for him. And it's a big, you know, after a terrible season last year, you know, one of the major changes, of course, was bringing back Alex Cora. And suddenly you're, you know, two games away from the World Series as we talk. Folks, again, we're speaking about Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Um, you start off roadmap saying, can, can Nelly Gorbia, uh get people to care about ransomware or cyber or cyber? I think mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, my answer is no, but I, it, it is interesting that if that's an angle that, that she is, well, take us inside how that came about because her campaign to me has been very, very quiet. And I think she is looking for, a defining issue for a campaign. I don't know if they've hit gold with that, but no, no. If 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 she's going to run for governor on cybersecurity, uh, we can pretty much say she will not be the governor of Rhode Island. Yeah. Next year, you know, this is interesting. There's a she she hosts uh, basically every other year, usually the I think the off year elections or the odd years. Um, she hosts a you know a cybersecurity summit that. You know, it's, it's actually quite interesting, you know, if you get in the weeds on it, you get really fascinating kind of presentations from the FBI comes in and tells you, you know, what they're seeing. Um, you know, it's very in the weeds. But the thing is, is the, the reason it's important and the reason why I wanted to write about it for Roadmap, one is the, the, the summit is today. But, you know, more and more you hear about, you know, John, you must get these kind of tips all the time. Uh, you know, who's you know, whose check didn't clear, uh, you know, in the city of Providence or, or you know, the, the, uh, East Greenwich had a big ransomware attack. You know, cities and towns in particular are very um, kind of prone to um, some of these, these attacks, which sometimes make you, you know, freeze uh, kind of, uh, you know, internal systems. Sometimes people don't get paid. Um, and sometimes you, the only way to, uh, to get out of it is to, you know, is to pay a ransom, you know, a ransom essentially. And the, what I didn't realize, I'm be honest, I haven't paid that close attention to this, but what I didn't realize and where the secretary of state's office comes in and is significant is when these type of things happens, let's say the city of Providence gets some sort of ransomware attack. And I mean, these things are relatively easy to happen, right? You could be a, a, a clerk who accidentally clicks on a, you know, a phishing email and you suddenly have infected, you know, a major system in the city of Providence. This, what happens is the, the local governments are essentially connected to the state's central voter registration system. And so whenever those little things happen in any given city or town, the Secretary of State's office has to automatically turn off the, that community from the voting system so that you don't have a, you know, a situation where there's an, a, you know, on our voter system. And so, you know, she's trying to get some attention. And really what she's trying to do is, you know, go to these cities and towns and say, uh, look, some of you are, are using you know, Windows 95, right? Some of you guys are still really, really backed up in, in, in a different time. You really need to get kind of your act together. And it's nobody's fault. It's just that until you have, you know, some sort of major problem, you really don't think that hard about, you know, your, the systems that are in place. So a little bit in the weeds, you know, like I said, Secretary of State, you and I can talk about this now too. She's got a lot of challenges when it comes to you know, running this race for governor. I actually think this is more about her doing her job as secretary of state right now. Yeah. Dan McCombs, uh, just before we go to the break, 
we where is she in the i know she's raising money but i mean as much as you could say the the primary is 11 months out which it is or even almost getting closer to 10 months out i i think she still has a long way to go to have people let you know them know who she is she's running why she's running i mean i i get that this is too early to put up ads but I, I, where do you think, what is the state of her campaign right now? Well, it's so interesting because to your point, maybe we, you and I, I think traditionally would say too early to put up ads, of course. I wouldn't be surprised if before the end of the year you saw Helena Folks ads start wow. to get on television and stuff like that because she, Helena Folks has, you know, in some cases sucked a little bit of the air out of the room here and a yep. lot of people are paying close attention to her. So I, I think Nellie Gorbea has got a challenge. I mean, look, the, the re, there's it's no secret the reason she announced for governor so early it was directly attributed you could absolutely draw a straight line to a couple of weeks before uh, yep. the, the providence journal had the article two person race two person yes. race so you can draw a direct line to that she yep. needed to get out there and say here's what i'm gonna do she then got a, a break mayor lorza you know completely falls apart and, you, and, and now she's the latina candidate in the race uh, so she was looking like, you know, look, I'm going to be able to get some national endorsements. I'm going to raise this money. But she's taking a little bit of a step back because now you've got a Helena Folks uh, candidate, uh, candidacy. And I know it's not just gender politics, but there's no doubt that she could have played, you know, in, in a field of all men. Nellie Gorbea could have separated herself very clearly by being the lone female in the race. Um, so I think she's got some challenges here. Look, this is go- I was I was with somebody just last night. We were talking about how much is this is this going to cost how much is, is a primary going to cost yeah. the person said to me somebody who's very much in the know said i think seth magaziner and helena folks will easily spend seven million dollars huh. uh in in this that would be by the way more than gina Ramundo spent the first time out um and while dan mckee probably doesn't have the ability to raise that much money dan mckee is going to spend four five six million dollars this is going to be you know, a $20 million race when all wow. is said and done with, with, with everybody in the race. It could be much more, in fact. Uh, and, you know, if you're suddenly looking like, if you're struggling to get to, you know, a million dollars in fundraising, yeah. um, it's going to be very going to be very difficult for you to, you're going to have to do something that changes the shape of the race, right? You have to, you know, have a whether it's have a major policy that everybody can reson you know can understand and resonates, or really go on the attack, which is not something she's necessarily known for. So no. um, yeah, I, I think she's got a I think she's got a challenge. People like her when they get to know her, but you know it's not just about being liked. Um, and, I, and I think she has a real challenge right now. Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, thepetro.com. On the left-hand side, just click Listen Live. She is an independent columnist, also opinion maker. It's our, well, one of my siblings, but it's Donna Perry. And uh, DJ, I want to start off. I think this is um, so interesting what's going on in Virginia right now. 
race for governor. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, someone who certainly has been on the scene for quite some time. I've actually been interviewed him a couple times. He was the original person that put the loan up the house for the Clintons when they were leaving the White House to get the house in yep. Chappaqua. He was the governor of, of Virginia. He's trying to once again become the governor uh, of Virginia. But this is, um, you know, Biden won Virginia 10 points last November, but th- this is basically a virtual dead heat. It is, John, and great to be with you. Um, and let's face it, I mean, the polls are within margin of error. Someone, as you've just described, he's been the governor. He's a power player. Now, this Republican guy, um, when you have, by all means, he was really an underdog in the race, um, by all measurements, when it's getting this close, mm. um, and, and the Republican, I think he has run a, just a fantastic race, very good strategy, yeah. um, you know, and when they're that close, as we know that polls could actually be showing, I think there are polls showing um, that Youngkin is actually, you know, slightly ahead, so... This is a really big deal. And, and I think the DNC and Biden's White House is very nervous because of what it may, you know, reveal about them. And as you say, I mean, th- this to me will demonstrate, I think already at this point that it's this close. Uh, when you talk about Biden doesn't have coattails, I mean, mm, not, o- not only just the opposite, just the opposite. It. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they didn't see this coming presidency is losing public support. You cannot yes. spin that. There's, nope. and, and I believe in Virginia itself, which obviously Virginia is a state where the northern half of the state is very, very Washington inside or, or they're right. tied into the federal government. Many federal employees obviously live there, um, et cetera. Um, but then you also have the fact that I believe it's at 52% now are saying that they disapprove of mm. Biden, if you pulled Virginia voters. Yep. So, you know, they have really kind of stepped in it with um, McAuliffe. And I think as much as it's interesting, you, as you said, they almost wanted to tie the Republican like to Trump. And in yes. fact, McAuliffe being tied to Biden is really what yeah. that's kind of the liability. Really not what they had expected. And, you know, and- you. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Donna Perry, you're, 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 this is the second time you've seen when when all else fails, you know, Gavin Newsom, suddenly at the end, they, they just try to make it about Trump. And, you know, he's out of office. I think the longer this goes, you can't keep going back to the well. Even John yes. Stewart was saying, all right, at some point we have to move forward here. You can't just keep going back to Trump. I, I think just as the party, because it's Virginia, because it's so proximity to D.C., yeah. And because it's someone high profile like Terry McAuliffe, if he comes up on the short end of the stick here, I think that's going to send shockwaves and almost panic through uh, the Capitol. Well, that's right. You know, and they they are trying to bring in the troops. But then I would argue, is that helpful? I do think right. that Harris goes within a day or two. Yeah, I don't. She is not a popular no or active or, you know, a vice president that is really, you know, lit anything on fire. I think it's just the opposite. I don't think Jill Biden, I think that's a wash, you know, they'll have teachers union folks, you know, maybe excited to see her. I don't think that's really cutting it. And I think there's issues, um, again, that McAuliffe did not see coming. They are all bread and butter issues in a way, J.D., and I know we'll get to it. When the economy is hitting this very difficult inflation point, then you continue to have this very um, prolonged worker shortage. It is creating havoc everywhere. The yeah. Democrats don't have an answer. They try to, you know, sweep it aside. And then obviously McAuliffe has gotten into this odd, like, war on parents problem. Yes. Like, who, you know, they, again, that that's what makes politics always fascinating no consultant could have a year ago, you know, had that written out for him. And they really are in this odd place. And he really stepped in it by kind of, you know, creating this dynamic. And I and that is sticking to him. Pe- people is. understand in a way they understand their local community. They can get more fired up over yep. a school committee member yes. that they want to see defeated than any national race. You know, and, and he has now attached himself to 
can be very unpopular school committees, can be unpopular you know, very administrations. Very much so. And critical yeah. race theory. He's been attacking the yeah. parents with critical race theory. There's a county there, Loudoun County, that has been right in the thick yeah. of this thing. And it's you're right as far as being able to predict it. Who would have thought that critical race theory would be such a pivotal issue in the race for governor of Virginia? Right. And, and to make parents feel like unwelcome and almost trying to make them feel like, you know, they're like scoff laws or even criminals yeah. to go have an argument before their school committee. I mean, mm. <laughs> it doesn't get more local than that. It doesn't right. get more personal. And I will tell you, John, it, for a basic person, that makes you absolutely hate that candidate. And yeah. your vote is obvious going to the other way. Like yep. there's just no in between in, in this dynamic that he has found himself in the middle of. So, and it is yeah. interesting. Biden won the state by 10 points, but McAuliffe two weeks ago said, well, the problem I'm running into is that just the president's so unpopular in the state. It shows <laughs> you just how fast he has fallen. That also caught them off guard. But one thing Donna Perry, DJ, I'll say about both McAuliffe and Carvel is, you know, these guys have been around a long time. Right. And they don't have much use for the progressives and the Bernie Sanders in you know, they're going to call a spade a spade. That's what he's running into right now. Right. Well, that that's the thing. Like, as you say, McAuliffe, when you even go back to the Clinton years, yes. they, they they were really centrist. I mean, they yes. built the centrist strength right. of the Democratic Party and, and him and, and a Carville who warns other. He's been warning about this yes. rise of the progressive yep. movement. He's saying it is not a winner. And, and no. you're going to pay for it. And I think, you know, you're, gonna, you're seeing this in plain sight. And it almost seems like just to tap it off. But I think McAuliffe, John, he almost seems like he doesn't know who he's supposed to side himself with. I mean, he's you're almost right. like distancing from Biden. I'm yep. not a progressive. Biden now has attached his presidency, for better or worse, in my opinion, to far left um, ideas and that and that yeah. wing of the party and and yeah. I don't it's not working out for them and it's not how we got mm. in um, right Donna Perry let's talk about the economy I mean right now it, it is amazing how fast this thing basically is collapsing between the gas prices and you know now the supply chain and they certainly don't seem on top of it it, it is true you go to stores there's empty shelves yeah. it's um it's hard to believe this far into, you know, 18 months into the pandemic that it, it's just hard to fathom how, how things got like the situation we're finding ourselves in right now. Right. And J.D., once again, it's, it's like you really have to begin to question like this is another major. It's like a true, true and growing calamity for their administration, yeah. just like they try to pretend the border crisis and the immigration crisis is not there. It was. They pretended they had a great exit plan for Afghanistan. We all know uh, what an embarrassing debacle. But this thing is one of these issues that is, a, again, it's like a bread and butter kind of issue. People can not pay attention to a lot of things. But as you say, they pay for gas. Yes. They know how much they pay for milk and groceries. Um, they've often made these correlations, J.D. You, you could have just a high school uh, education, and that's fine. You know what? You know what you spend at the grocery store. You that's know right. the gas pump. You also know this is seeping into so many parts of local communities that, again, mm. Biden's team, they, they didn't see it coming, and they should have because we are the U.S. So, like, global shipping the global shipping industry is not just the issue of the private sector. You know, John, the United States is obviously the biggest consumer of anything coming off container ships. You right. know? So that's another thing. Like his team is just it, it's like amazing to me, like the t the political tenor. And then they have the chief of staff, who I think is way off base. And he was retweeting some strange throwaway line saying, oh, these are like expensive uh, problems to that people, you know, John, like wow. they're, they're saying that they're making the equivalency, which is not accurate. This is not about a person saying I had to wait for something from Amazon for a long time. No, we are talking about 
school districts saying, yes. we don't have basic supplies to run yep. the computers and the printer. You're, you're talking about your, the local guy who fixes your car. Automotive guys are saying, you may need a repair. It might take three months to get the part. People wow. can't live like that. No. I mean, John, so it's like really coming down to very local yep. uh, issues, and it is very difficult. And I just think that they, again, you know, Jen Psaki from that podium, she, mm. she's the press secretary. She is the spokesperson for the president. And she gives a lot of, like, in my view, a lot of flippant answers. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You're speaking for the president. That's so right. you, if you want to keep dismissing these things and saying, you know, oh, well, that's up to shipping companies. No, that's not the right answer. And then we all know the U.S. Transportation Secretary. <laughs> John, that's a global job. Yes. And then we find out he was quietly, because sort of they secretively did this. He was like off all summer as yes. the shipping. And, and so, you know. Mayor I mean, Pete, the maternity. Yeah. This is an emergency. Yeah. My God. And, like, and this is an emergency. You have to come back to your job. <laughs> right. see, that just says so much about him that regardless of what's going on, you know, he was going to make a statement by being off on this because this of maternity course. leave. But yes, it's a <laughs> disaster. Everything they do is just like, you know, it's just a statement. It's a bumper sticker statement. And, and J.D., again, he is not the mid-level, like, back office guy, let's say, no. at the commuter rail in Massachusetts. Yeah. He is the transportation wow. secretary of this huh. country. That is a disaster. Those ships are, they are saying months to get some of the live jam That's through. Right. And then it only gets worse. So, and then winter will come and then there'll be storms and ice. Well, what does that mean? That's so right. I think they we, just is a big, bigger problem than they want to admit. Yeah. We're going to take folks a quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DeVitra show. It's fall very soon. The heating season will be here. Let J Kale engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier infinity system jkl energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think no gas no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent they have the highest rebates in the market they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl carrier factory authorized dealer licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts for 55 years jkl's reputation second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer jkl is also a navian certified factory dealer called jkl for a system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial call jkl engineering today at 401-351-7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401 351 7600 